0: Augmenters, I'm Julie. And I'm Jimmy. And we believe authentic connected relationships are the key to growing to your potential. Today we are joined by Sam Donner, content creator who wants to inspire wonder for the world through platforms like the Finding Founders podcast, the OKOP show, and a hundred friends on Jubilee Productions.
1: Wow. Sam was like an entropy explosion on the Augmenter show, going from mechanical engineer to content creator, Sam is really showing a path for how Gen Z can continue to connect authentically with others. And Sam understands a lot of those complications for Gen Z in talking to strangers. Sam gets over that fear of failure by going out and making 100 new friends in 24 or 72 hours. You can see that on Jubilee Productions. But also Sam gives us some great feedback on how to maintain consistency in relationships. It's not just removing your fear of failure to meet somebody new, but also keeping in touch with folks. And Sam has a wonderful definition for wisdom. He calls it curiosity compounded over time. And we get a huge heaping dose of wisdom throughout the show Even diving into the differences of how to do interviews with porn stars and nudist colonies. Surprisingly, not the same. Regardless, Sam isn't afraid to open the kimono and give us a fantastic view of how to remove your fear of failure, pick up the phone and call somebody and start creating content to make yourself happy and allow others to shine in this world.
0: Before Augmenters get started, here's a note about... Here we go.
1: I think we need help on we want you to mentor us on how we can ask 100 people to be our mentor
2: well i mean like the first part is getting over your fear of rejection <laughs>
1: I mean like, <laughs> That's not so bad I've been rejected Way more than 100 <laughs> okay, a hundred times Oh yeah will be food.
2: fine you will be fine But the thing is Like now Compact that rejection Into the span Of like A, a day Or 72 hours and, and be prepared For people to be mean to you To your face In the streets Of either Like uh, the, the few places I've done it I did it So the 100 New Friends Videos Have been done At UCLA Which is kind of On easy mode Because it's at my Like alma mater Then it was at a Trump rally mm-hmm. In tennessee and then it was in england right after the queen died or like with british people and that it was byu with mormons which was actually very very fun oh and then new york there new york, new york. I, I, yeah i forgot yeah. about new york yeah yeah and new york new york was so fun i love new york New York is like the most energetic city ever. And I feel like you can just, I mean, the key is just going up to random people and saying you want to be friends like that. If you're looking for the secret ingredient, it's that and being able to do that a bunch of times. And then I guess from that point, it's the classic how to win friends and influence people, ask people about themselves. And then at the end of that, you invite them to a party at a stranger's apartment that's 200 square feet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and new yorkers i think also like they're just used to bizarre like they have no like you got your goat walking down the street it's like fine no just like stay out of people's way and they don't care and everybody's like used to bizarreness
2: yeah i was the least weird thing happening in new york that day
0: (laughs) yeah
1: like far and away
2: (laughs) yeah yeah very far
1: You had all your clothes on and you weren't salivating on people. You're like fine.
2: I have maybe sometimes like spat a little bit in talking. So maybe not the salivating part, but I at least had all my clothes on. It was rather cold.
0: They're probably just happy to like have a friendly person talking to them. (laughs)
2: Low key, New York, gets a bad rep for not being friendly, but it's super friendly. Everybody, it's they so are. Because
0: they also just want to be useful, like they want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So, like if you're doing something that they can actually have a part in, they're excited to help. Yeah. But what sure. I loved about your video, Sam, like going through all of them, and it actually really relates back to what we do at Augmenters, is about connecting authentically with others and growing to your potential. Is how authentically you were connecting. You seem like even though you were like dealing with a hundred people, there was a very like there's a lot of authentic connection that came from you. I think, and we even had that experience you on finding founders. Where do you get that from? Like, where is that sort of deep interest in people and like ability to connect?
2: I I have to give my parents like a ton of credit for that (laughs) because both of them have, like my mom and dad have been like instrumental in like crafting that value system. Like my mom's from Australia, my dad's from the US. They met at a a youth hostel in Copenhagen and then started traveling the world together. And so like, I come from, I mean, you know, Australian American culture, not crazy different, but it is across the world. And I think, like early on, I was exposed to to a lot of travel and a lot of different kinds of people. And I think with that was intensely curious. And then my dad also a fan, that curiosity by like I think giving me like a like a little bit of wonder for the world. I remember when I was like six, yeah, some somewhere around six, we would go on these hikes in in the mountains around around Los Angeles and. He would be like Sam, like come over to this tree. I'm like, okay, I'll come over to the tree. And he's like, Sam, breathe on the tree. I'm like, all right, why am I breathing on this tree? But I breathe on the tree. And he's like, you just gave that tree carbon dioxide, and right now the tree is giving you oxygen back. And like, this is what the the universe is. It's you giving and also receiving. And much like you, you're giving to this tree right now. You also need to give to the the people around you and the world around you. And like, I think from moments like that of like this, like, like being in awe of my little place in the world, my ability to like give, I think it made me want to understand the world and understand people in a really deep way. And like, I think from, from that moment on, and, you know, a bunch of moments like that, like, I was just like, Oh, like, I want to, understand the world so I can give back to it.
1: Whoa. All right. That's uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I almost needs to like settle in for a second. I, I, you literally just said, Sam, you are in awe of your ability to give, being like crafting wonder for the world. How do you then keep that positivity when sometimes others aren't necessarily as excited to give back? And like you told us a little bit of about how you've stayed connected with people mm. so, so well, how do you continue to stay positive about those connections over time? Like, how do you keep that consistency?
2: Yeah. Of- yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great question. Cause I think you can often get like really demoralized on being the person who is the one, one giving or like, I mean, the, the classic one is like, I'm always the one reaching out to people, or I feel like I'm always the one like setting up events for, for my friends or something like that. Right. And yeah. I think like, I and always like,
1: had to go over to my best friend's house.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Right. You can look at these and be like, oh, man, like it, it, it feels maybe a little bit one sided. And I think for, especially in like high school and going to college, I really would feel that. And I think something, there's two things that I think helped me get over that. And like one was just realizing like everyone has so much more going on than you. And, and someone's inability to maybe give back to you or give in any way is just because they're, they need to focus on themselves, right? You need to build. On, you need to have a strong base to build from before you can give to everyone, right? This the whole idea of like, if your cup's not full, then how can you, you know, give to anyone else?
1: Put your own oxygen mask on.
2: Yeah, exactly. Put your own oxygen mask on first. And also it's just fun. Like I would rather live in a world where I'm interacting with people. Like, you know, I, I think I'm very lucky and blessed to have a brain that enjoys that those kinds of things and feels rewarded from that. Like at the end of the day, yeah, maybe one Like you know like in one interaction you will be giving more than you're receiving but on the whole you always get you create a life that is just bountiful and so like i think what like the the first thing is just realizing that other people have their their other things going on and also like i just have fun and enjoy the process of like interacting with strangers and like you know hosting events and and mentoring and just like helping people who have been in my position before. The other thing I think that continues to cultivate that sense of wonder and like childlike spirit. And you can cut this if you want, but I think like psychedelics <laughs> has been. a great good. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> talked like, about it before. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like psychedelics actually have been pretty, pretty helpful in c- continuing that spirit. I think like psychedelics are the one of the main reasons that I started to shift my career trajectory from being a mechanical engineer to being a content creator. Mm-hmm. I remember I accidentally did too much acid once. How was the show? I was at a retreat, like uh, with um with my fraternity. Which is not the good a good Ooh. place to do to do acid, not the set and setting. But before going into that retreat, I was like, I, I kind of thought I had all the tools to understand the world. Like I was like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. I have the tools. I haven't figured everything out yet, but like, give me enough time and I will. And the world doesn't have much mystery or magic to it anymore. It's just like. It, it, everything's been figured out and then
0: and you like going down the path of like an engineer it was this you kind of imagining yourself like down this engineering yeah. path like engineering but life going. in general
2: yeah. life in general i feel yeah. like it was just like all right you, like you wake up people are a certain way the world is a certain way and i understand it all it was very, very sophomoric view of the world <laughs> then i had done like acid like once before but like a half a tab and then i'm like know what this drug is and i do a tab and a half and Mm. that Uh sent me into (laughs) like yeah that was it was a rearranging experience and i i had like a psychotic break i didn't know who i was anymore it was one of the most incredible and intense and like reordering things i've ever experienced and it was like it was this thing with and, and coming out of it it was super scary but coming out of it i was like Oh, wow, I don't understand the world at all. And, like, in that moment, it actually reintroduced this, like, mystery and this childlike sense of wonder that I had with my dad when I was, like, looking at the tree. It was like, oh, wow, like, there's, like, so much that I have left to explore on the world. And there's, like, so much fun to be had in that exploration. And then there's also this feeling of connectedness to, like, the universe and your fellow man that you get coming out of one of those experiences. And, I definitely don't think it's for everyone. I definitely don't think it's something that should be done often or abused, but I think it kind of allowed me to le- like leave the hometown of my mind, explore the world a bit, and then I'm back in like the hometown, maybe a little able to explore the cities, but I'm not like rocket shipping to the moon too much. But it did give me the perspective of like this, you know, looking back at this blue dot and being like, oh, wow, I am so small in this thing.
1: I love it. And Sam, uh, awesome. You, you're bringing this up because uh Julie and I have had a guest who also had a rearranging psychedelic mm-hmm. experience, at least one. And uh I, I can't wait to make Julie guess in the outro who it was that I who know was it? I think i, I <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's one that Julie and I both know done the same thing, but uh, it's a pretty powerful uh, statement about changing from engineer to content creator because of a uh, you know dropping a tab. I'm like, you know, I'm still <laughs> so, engineer Sam, so you know
0: be careful. There's a hook for you, Jimmy. That'll be our next <laughs> I mean, retreat project. Put an
2: acid in your water, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God, that would be amazing. And I can't even imagine. I love what you're saying about this sort of wonder, like curiosity mm. about people, because I think that is actually where that connection, when you're really connecting With others, authentically, it is really having that genuine curiosity. And I think because we talk a lot about mentoring or people coming to say like, hey, I don't know how to do this, you know, or like, here's what's going on with me. You have to have that curiosity and you have to ask those good questions that really gets out of people what is actually going on and how you can be helpful. And I love that, too, because I feel like there is a sense of like a younger generation being more disconnected and more snarky and like less like actually full of wonder and like excited about things. So. I think just seeing how you connect with people and their enthusiasm with you is yeah. like, it's really beautiful.
2: I think like curiosity compounded over time leads to like, that that actually leads to to knowledge and wisdom. And so I think what, where a lot of people feel like feeling like you're stagnating, you're probably no longer curious enough. And if you're feeling like you're not learning from others, it's not that everyone's stupid or they don't get you. It's probably because you're not curious enough to learn the things that they have. And I I think like what's great about mentorship and what a mentor mentee relationship is just really like, you know, someone is curious and then someone is willing enough to indulge that curiosity and explain some of the things in, in any way they can.
1: So one of the big pieces are where we see a lot of relationships fail in mentoring is that folks have this fear of either not being adequate, you know, not bringing anything to the relationship some kind of combination of saying, I'm scared of failing. I'm scared of not being enough for this other person, whether they're the mentor or the mentee. How did you get over that fear of failure? It's one thing to say, I'm prepared to get rejected 50 to 200 times to make a hundred new friends. It's very different to actually go ahead and do it. Yeah. And then I have a follow-up.
2: I guess that kind of brings me to, or, or the first thing that I thought of was when I was starting my, my podcast, Finding Founders. So this is this is post-DASA trip, pre-graduation.
0: <laughs> a magical time. A magical time.
2: time. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Like absolutely no idea. I am in my engineering classes and all of them are just so boring to me. And I was like making videos online a little bit <laughs> But like they weren't really taking off in any meaningful way. All of my friends were starting businesses because I was part of this entrepreneurship fraternity. And and like I just was like, man, I just need to like talk to my friends about what they're doing so I can figure what I want to do. And so I sat down with a piece of paper, came up with a podcast name, called it Finding Founders. I like the alliteration. And I interviewed my roommate who had a business selling caps and gowns to socal schools and he was my first interview and it was i learned a ton about him i learned a ton about his business i'm like oh this is kind of cool like learning about these other people we agree yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's super fun right <laughs> it's super fun it's like you're, yeah. you get to absorb all this knowledge about someone's story and how they think about the world and also what you have is every time you publish, and this could be a podcast, this could be a blog, this could be an Instagram, this could be any... I don't know anything where you publish to the internet every time you publish you are creating a stronger resume for if you want to turn that into a you know job opportunity or if you want to turn it into like a money making opportunity itself it like is something that builds credibility both to your audience but to a future employer if you're just using it as a stepping stone and so at that point I was just like okay like I'll have a resume of people that I've talked to and it'll be like job leads for me right and so <laughs> My second interview, I think, was also with someone like I think my a family friend that had a business. And then my third interview was with the founder of American Apparel. And so to get back to your your Oh my uh, God,
0: that guy? He was yeah. wild.
2: He he yeah. is wild. He is wild.
0: Yeah. I'm sure.
2: And so how that kind of happened, and I'm going to circle back to like, how do you get over this this fear of like not being enough, right? So I was in my dorm room with a friend and we were listening to this show called Startup. And it's like, if you haven't listened to it, it's great. Uh, it's Gimlet Podcast. Mm-hmm. It was their first podcast. It's super meta. It's a podcast about creating a podcast company. The second season of it is with a, a Dove Charney, the founder of American Apparel. And I had gotten through like three episodes of it and this is like all building him up before like the rest of the season where it's like oh like there's some problematic things with this person right and that third episode i'm like in the middle of the episode it's like there's this throwaway line where it's like man this guy's always picking up his phone like whatever it is he's picking up his phone and i turn to my friend i'm like there's no way he's always picking up his phone right and so i do some sleuthing i find his number online i call him up and he answers me right <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, I'm totally unprepared because I was not expecting him to answer. And I'm like, um, Hey, this is Sam. And he's like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, um, uh, I have a, a podcast and, uh, I was wondering if, uh, you could like be on it. And he's like, yeah, sure. Come to my, uh, factory like in a couple days. I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right, And so I go to his new company. So American Apparel, he was no longer a part of, and he, I went to the factory at Los Angeles apparel and interviewed him. It was crazy, super interesting. And from that, I had the credibility of like a guy who had built a billion dollar company and I could just interview anyone I wanted after that. And so honestly, like in terms of how do you feel, you know, like you're, you're not enough. I think it's like a lot of people are down to help someone who doesn't feel like they're not enough or has no idea what they're doing or is the beginning stages like that's actually a superpower because it's like it's saying that you don't know much and you're curious and people love to indulge that that curiosity and I think something that's been really powerful in building the podcast is I came from a place of like you're awesome I just want to learn from you here are some of the people that I've talked to in the past or when I initially got Dove, like I hadn't talked to anyone, or ju- just my roommate and my, a family friend. Yeah, I was gonna say you didn- you that didn't enough. Your
0: roommate is a <laughs> that was enough.
2: That was enough, right? Like you don't really need to talk to like huge people or or have like this massive body of work that's read by millions of people. All I think I needed to show to get that first like big interview was I'm working on something and I'm curious about you. And that was enough.
0: Oh my God, Sam, you're blowing my mind. Cause I mentioned before (laughs) I am a total cold caller. I will call basically. Oh yeah. I have like no qualms about it. I like cold, I met my husband on the bus and he didn't give me his name. He gave me his name, but not his number or anything. And I like tracked him (laughs) down and called him cold, called him. He was like, okay. Like you just don't know you cold call. But I love also, you talked about my favorite book, which is how to win friends and influence people. And Mm -hmm. it is still when we always ask people what is the one thing you always recommend to anybody for me it's always that because you had the key there which is just ask people questions if you don't know what to say like you don't have to say anything you just have to ask people questions and they will think they had the best conversation with you and you almost yeah. don't have to say anything because people really get stuck on that they're really afraid especially if they were want somebody to mentor them and they see somebody who's doing something incredible. Like, Let's say you did want to start an apparel company. I don't know if he would be the best mentor for you. (laughs) I mean, I guess he did build a successful business, but like you said, there's some problems. But um, the fact that you're able to just, yeah, ask him that, it's incredible. If we're trying to give people advice on how to actually start that conversation, what would you say?
2: Actually, I had someone from UCLA reach out to me who was in my entrepreneurship fraternity and...
1: Can you give a shout out, Sam?
2: Yeah, Sigma of Pi, shout out to Sigma of Pi. Sigma of Pi, all it, right. It changed my life, it was great. I don't know if it's still great, but when I was at university, it was great. But this kid reached out to me, he's maybe like four years younger than me, something like that. And he was like, hey, I'm studying engineering, but I wanna get into entertainment and you're the only person that I can see in the alumni that has like had that path and I was wondering, if I could like talk to you and get some advice, right? In that email. And then I think he like gave some credentials or whatever, but really all I cared about was like, okay, he's, he kind of was where I was at some point. So I can give him good advice. And he's like looked into me and he knows who I am and what I've done a little bit. And so like the fact that if you can create a connection between your life and the person who you want to mentor use life, if you can create that connection and just show that you know a little bit about them and who they are and it's not just like a cold email blasted to a billion people, then I think that's enough to get like and I responded within like a couple minutes of like here's my number, let's chat. And we had this like, you know, maybe like our conversation about what he should do with his life. And he was super nice and like like a really asked like a lot of great questions. And we kind of worked through what the options were like. But the main thing was like don't worry about it. Like like he's like, oh like I have this test coming up. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. No one has ever looked at my resume or my <laughs> GPA at, at in college. They just care. Like the only thing that people kind of look at is like, oh, like mechanical engineering, he must be smart. I was like the only thing, but it doesn't matter if I got like a 1.0 or a 4.0 because no one looks at that. And I think honestly, like that kind of advice of like, it's going to be okay, but here are some of the things that you can work on now to get to where you want to go. I think that's like, that was invaluable to me when I was coming up. And I think it was super, super helpful to him.
0: I love it. I love it. So because it is right, that, that like, making a connection between you and the person saying something's kind of smart, having a way to connect, not like, you know, may we connect and you don't know what that's going to be. And then just sending it and just, just going to send it, seeing what happened. Yeah. Just you just got to send it just send it. Or I loved how you heard that on on the phone of like, yeah, he picks up his phone. So like, actually just call him. I mean, can you imagine how exciting it is if somebody actually just calls you and it was a real person on the other end, that would be a little bonkers. That would make me a little bit nervous, but (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) So thinking about something that we hear a lot is basically mentors are people who saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. And that is what has really helped you grow to your potential. Is there somebody, of course your dad, your parents, but somebody outside of that who saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself and that has helped you grow to where you are today?
2: A thousand percent. I mean, there's been a ton, but if, if anyone has had any success or if I've had any success, it's due to a thousand people that have helped me along the way, given me a chance when I was just some snot nosed kid that didn't know his butt cheeks from his nose. So I, when I was in, I was doing the podcast, right? And I had done like a couple larger interviews with some well-known entrepreneurs. And there was this one guy that I interviewed, his name's Kong Pham. He had a YouTube channel called Simple Pickup back in the day. And then he created a, a online course for entrepreneurship and also for YouTubers called Jump Cut. And I reached out to him to do an interview on finding founders and when i was doing these interviews i was like i had built up a team at that point i think i was like maybe like 15 20 people we had like this whole like you know eight week production process we were editing it like this american life or how i built this so we had like music sound <laughs> effects like voiceover it was like a huge like a like a big location production. yeah it was on location <laughs> i would go everywhere for it this was pre-covid and so i uh, this guy kong fam responded i went into his office and it was like a sweet office in hollywood it had coconut water and bars in there had like beer that you what? could drink coconut water it, yeah it was <laughs> it, it, it was like to the night. i had like a large neon sign i'm like damn this is a sick office and we go in i do the interview and especially at that time we were like a a game it was the only thing i was working on i was, I was putting like I don't know, like 100 hours a week into it, every waking moment, plus, you know, the the 20 people that were on the team all working for free on this, and they were crushing it. And we were like, it was really, really good. I was super proud of it. And my favorite thing was when I would ask like someone uh, a question like, how the hell did you know that? You know, like, we, we went so deep into our research. And there was a couple times he said that and he was just really impressed with First of all, the the interview, right? Then a few weeks later, we finish editing. We send him the the finished episode, and he was like, "Holy shit, Sam! Like, I didn't realize it was going to be like this, right?"
1: And you were like, "Bro, why didn't you listen to a couple episodes before I showed up?"
2: Because <laughs> no one fucking <laughs> listens to the episodes. Like, they're all busy people; they don't listen to the episodes, and so he didn't listen either. But he listened to his, and blown <laughs> away. He was blown away by the editing, the pacing, like everything. And he's like, I've never had someone tell my life story in this way because we were telling people's life stories. And he's like, so, like, I know you're engineering. Like, do you got a job lined up after after university? This is because it's my senior year. And I did. I did have a job lined up. Kind of. I was did kind of. I was going through the I was going through the application process and interviews for a QA position at a engineering firm. What I would do? Ooh, this is the job description. So I would go to different different like factories that used some product and if they were using it wrong, I would write them a ticket essentially. And I was essentially like a meter made for the like engineering, I don't know, factory sector and so I would be absolutely hated I would be like, like oh this is off to code and, and I would people would probably yell at me it sounded like the worst job no offense to the QA engineering factory people out there but to <laughs> me it sounded like the absolute worst job that I could ever do and not so the I best told use him, of your
0: gifts not the best not use of the best gift. use of
2: my gifts no yeah and so I I told him no I have nothing lined up <laughs> and he's like how would you like to run the podcast production department at my company? And I'm like, yes, yes, please, please. <laughs> Done. And so I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to run the po- podcast production like department at this, this company. You're like, what the heck is this company? And it's called Jump Cut. Don't worry. It's fine. And he paid me like a really good salary for a kid coming out of college. And what I would later find out is he loved what I was doing interviewing like entrepreneurs about like how I built this style he loved that he wanted to to like look at a certain group of people through the lens of entrepreneurship right life stories through the lens of entrepreneurship like essentially like treat this group as the entrepreneurs they are and this is like what 20 2019 2020 so he had me interview porn stars and so I was
0: literally like this is either <laughs> going to like Scientologists porn or something else yeah. So my
2: first job out of college was interviewing porn stars. Um, But it was tastefully done. And it was like looking at these like young men and women through the lens of entrepreneurship. And they were like making good money through like chat bots, And like I learned about the industry in a really interesting way. And I also learned how to like tell stories. And he was the first person that said like, oh, like you could do something you love and get paid for it. And like before that, Ooh. I had like I had no idea that I could make podcast and just tell people's story for a living and so kong fam shout out to you he was the first person that really gave me a wow. chance outside of my family that said like i'm gonna pay you for something you love to do and it was so much fun
0: i bet you heard some great stories
2: oh some great stories i mean like the, this one girl was making like 100 grand selling her panties it's insane
1: wow very scrappy <laughs> i'm sure she wasn't on the etsy store uh, no, no
2: no, no. sold it through her own through her own site
1: do you see Sam, it, I love the breadth on what you're like going through as you're like, you know, saying, hey, we were in the entrepreneurship frat, but as an engineer, your buddies are selling like caps and gowns. You're deciding to tell people stories as opposed to, to that. When are you going to try to help people understand judo through podcasting? How is what that going to come into
2: your life? Understand Judo? Well, actually, yeah. it's funny you say that. I so something that I love doing with Finding Founders. So like we initially started with just entrepreneurs, but like there was a point where like I was kind of talking to the same tech bro entrepreneur every episode. And really interesting stories, but just got repetitive after a while. And so I started to try to mix it up. And so we did a series in Puerto Rico after the hurricanes, talking to businesses that were affected and how they came out of it. Then we did a series on like nudist camps about like how like these different nudist camps come up and what is it like to live, be like a nudist organization founder. Then we talked to like drug dealers who were like smuggling like hundreds of tons of cocaine across Across the border, people that were dealing uh, heroin in the 70s and then like became like business owners later. And so we started exploring all these like different niches that I thought were super interesting. But really, what it was is like it was a way to explore the world and also learn a new scale. And so, like, I, I also did an interview in Cabo, I lived in Cabo for a month and interviewed people who are like diving companies and so like i dove with these people and like learned a skill that way so one of the things i do want to do is i want to go to thailand and learn muay thai and interview like uh different like thai instructors that have like gyms and and such because i think like there's again like there's something to learn from everyone around the world and like if you're just open and curious enough you can have these incredible experiences where maybe you're not learning judo but you're learning muay thai and maybe fighting while doing the podcast
0: and I also love that actually, if you study through business, like everything makes sense because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, like if you're actually looking at things from like an entrepreneurial small business perspective, like the whole every culture is built on some form of a small business,
2: of course, that has yeah. grown,
0: and that's like what the industry is. So,
2: and it's so interesting the dynamics of every like these small businesses that exist in different countries, like in Cabo you have to pay off the cartel. That's like just their version or like a version of taxes. Right. And it's like, totally like to me, that feels crazy. But for them, it's just like, oh, like, you know, it's the same as taxes. You pay the cartel. That's just how it operates. And life goes on as normal. Right. And so I I think there's all of these. It's like the same, but a little bit different in an interesting way in every country. And so like, like finding out the similar similarities and the differences is so exciting and interesting to me and being able to share that with an audience and being able to share people's stories with an audience and also like it's kind of like a free therapy session too like you like these people are finding things about themselves that they didn't realize or connecting they're like oh shit I didn't even realize this happened in my childhood and is now like affecting me now so like I I think asking people's stories is such a gift and I that's why it's really easy to get someone on a podcast, because you're kind of giving them a gift of just like listening to them.
1: And I have to assume, Sam, you've learned along the way that it's a very different wardrobe for interviews at the nudist colony versus new friends in New York City.
2: That it is. That it is. It can be the same, but you have to make sure that you know your crowd. And yeah, to that point, I did do the interview nude at the nudist camp.
1: Well, of course, that, that's the question I wanted answered. So thank you. We'll we'll, we'll go look for that video, maybe on the same site. No video. The there's panties. no
2: video. There is audio of it, though. Okay. No, no, no videos. Right. And a few choice pictures, but I haven't released them to the web.
1: Very well. Well, so speaking of uh, not releasing, we have a question we often ask, which is, do you have like a no-fly list for... When somebody's reaching out to you for assistance, kind of like how we reached out to you to jam and to learn from you know everything you've built with your podcast, like is there something that really kind of rubs you the wrong way? Oh yeah. When somebody asks you,
2: what is it? I mean, this is not complete red flag, but if they spell my name wrong or my company's na- name wrong, mm. if they if it's obviously like copy pasted if they haven't done the research about who i am at all and it's just blasted out i'm like i'm not going to respond to that because you haven't taken any time to get to know who i am and so it's an easy delete my biggest pet peeve with people entering my inbox is just like like people not taking the time and so if you're actually looking for mentors make sure you take the time to know who they are it takes longer but your response rate's going to be higher
1: love it i'm also curious do you give a definition for and this is like forces us to kind of take a break from you know where we are right now but like if you can take that break in 2050 if we can catapult forward how do you think mentoring will be defined i'm not asking you necessarily to define it now but like if someone said i want to invite you to a, a mentoring group what, what do you think that group's going to be like
2: 2050 i think it's going to be run by chat gpt and we're going to have, I honestly think that, that we're going to increasingly have more meaningful relationships with artificial intelligence. And I think like, it's really important to start getting good. At, if you're good at prompt making or asking questions then you're going to succeed in the, in this like new AI world, gone are the days of query dis- culture. Yeah. Query culture. Yeah. I like, Ooh, I like that. Is that, did you, did you come up with that?
1: I just said it now. Yeah. I've, Dude, I don't know why great. I've been saying query often this week for some reason. So you just, culture, Query culture. I like that a lot. Let's see who buys a domain 1st on <laughs> He's, he's
2: right, literally amazing. bought the domain already, Sam. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Quick. But yeah. Like in terms of how it will change in 2050, I think it will be the same, but it will, the people that you'll be getting mentorship from won't be necessarily older than you. They'll just have they'll just have educated themselves in a discipline a little bit ahead of you. I think like the, as we get go more into the future, the average length of a career will shrink. And so like, you will have to have multiple careers within a single lifetime. It's all, I think it's already like, you know, like, or my grandparents' generation was like one, maybe now we're at like two or three, I think it'll be like 10 or something by 2050. And so What you'll be probably doing more and more is that you'll just be asking people a little bit ahead of you so they can catch up. And that's kind of already how like Web3 is now. You know, you have these people that know a shit ton in like a very, very small niche. And then you just will like ask them a few questions, get caught up and then hopefully move with them. So I think mentorship will be essentially like, I guess to put it in a short way, mentorship will be spread across a larger group of people and it will come Uh, And it will be, it will be mentorship for shorter time frames. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but.
0: I love that. I mean, I think that's really true already. Speaking as a Gen Xer here, like there's a lot of us that are already in our, uh, whatever, second or third careers. And like, it's totally cool to pivot, but I can imagine, Mm. you know, your generation. I was going to ask you actually, I know Jimmy has other questions for you, but like, what's next for you? Like you've done so much at this point, what are you looking to do next? And who are you looking for? to help you get there?
2: I don't think of my life in like a career path. I think of more of like project path. And I think that allows you to be pretty mobile and, and kind of like pivot when things yeah, don't man. work. And so, I mean, I've been delving into short form content Right now, the products I'm working on, are working on Finding Founders, which is largely audio based right now. What I want to do in the future is I want to do way more video and have like high quality video on Finding Founders. Then OKOP is the comedy podcast. Right now we just have one show. I think we want to branch out into a bunch of different shows and also make sure we're like really optimizing our, our YouTube strategy. And I think eventually OKOP will look like a like a network of a bunch of different shows that are using our formula for short form and long form symbiosis and then hundred new friends. Like I want to be how to win friends. And I want to be Dale Carnegie for like Gen Z. Um, Please would you, Oh my God, I will totally (laughs)
0: invest and be your number one cheerleader because (laughs) I am such a huge fan of that whole concept. And I think that you like that for Gen Z. Yes. I think
2: Gen Z needs it more than, than anyone else and they're not getting it through. They're not going to get it through reading. And so that's, I think like, that's in terms of the the mission i think that is is getting becoming closer and closer to my heart i think it's that i love doing hundred new friends so much and so being able to continue this year and really build out the community to a space where people are not only going to it for entertainment but are actually like learning how to interact with people more effortlessly is like what i'm super passionate about and i think like i have a competitive advantage in doing that i love to do it i think people need it it's like that I don't know, it's like the Ika guy, all the concentric circles, kind of overlapping.
1: We're all about Venn diagrams here.
2: Yeah, I love Venn diagram. So I think that project is is what I'm really, really excited to bring to the bring to the world. And again, it all go, it goes all back to the tree. Like I just want to give back as much as the world has given me, and have fun doing it.
0: All right, if you want to do 100 mentors, we are totally here for it. <laughs> We are like also bizarre. Happy to make friends with random people and talk to anybody that is willing. Hey, to talk that's to how them, you so. have an
2: interesting life, man. The more you're down to have weird experiences, the the cooler life becomes.
1: I, I think that's going to be our like first long form video, Julie. You <laughs> and I? Sam, you, you've inspired us. We're going to do a hundred new mentors and just give like shout outs. Uh, Let's to you do all it. The way.
2: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, Sam. Real quick, rapid fire word association. Yeah. When I say mentor, what do you say?
2: Just, I thought of Steve Jobs.
1: Okay. When I say mentee, what do you think of? Me. Me. Sponsor? HubSpot. Nice. I knew it. I fucking knew it. And, and when I say coach? Coach wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I thought you might say that too. That is a unique rapid fire test right there. I love it. Yeah. We've never had anything like that before.
0: Oh my gosh sam this was so fun we have loved spending time with you and getting to know you and we'll definitely be continuing to cheer you on and we're so excited to see where you go next so thank you so much for your time sam
2: this was awesome thank you for having me on
1: here is a quick jump from our conversation julie do you even need coffee after that interview
0: i am kind of obsessed with sam is that wrong I, I, want, I want to go back in time and be 23 years old and be like his sidekick
1: because... You want to be a production assistant. You want to be a grip.
0: I want to be a Sam PA. I was so inspired by his energy. And there is this like warmth and connection about him and curiosity that just made me so happy to see. And I am so jazzed about his future and that he is in the world at his age working on connecting more humans. I am a huge fan. I actually want to meet his mom too. I think we'd be friends. That might be too much.
1: We'll see if that makes it into the final cut. Love it. Hey Sam, it was great hanging out. Can I just text your mom?
0: She's gotta be cool. She's gotta be cool.
1: Okay, let's get into our three takeaways because there is so much to take away from Sam. His casual confidence and just ability to warm up a room without trying to throw energy into it. That is a really special skill. And I know we both uh, were kind of on fire after our discussion. Yes. So Julie, what's your number one takeaway?
0: Oh my gosh. So after our interview, I went and deep dived his YouTube content on Jubilee. So I highly recommend it. 100 friends. And in this video, he goes to New York, he goes to UCLA, he goes to a Trump rally. And his opening line is, Hey, would you like to be friends? My name's Sam. And he says it everywhere he goes. And you know, there's some people who are like, no, no, especially in New York. But there's people who are like, yeah, okay, let's be friends. And so, obviously, that's a big line, right? Friends, that's a big deal. But it really reminded me of the bridge line. You just need that one line that you say to people that opens up a conversation. And I feel like that feels like the, biggest hurdle to get across but if you're able to get across it you can have such great conversations. so it made me think a bit about in professional settings if i'm at a conference if i'm somewhere with people i don't know we were just at the mentoring summit i didn't know anybody there just actually saying hey how's your day going what's up what's going on it's (laughs) And I think it gets people to pause and be like, how is my day going? Yeah, it's actually, you know, pretty good or this or whatever. That's my line out in the world. And it's amazing how people kind of stop and then you can get into a conversation. Of course, you can say things like, what do you think of the conference? Or I really like your shoes. Or do you know where the coffee is?
1: (laughs) Sweet pet rock. Who knows? And I've always appreciated your line of how is your day going? because it brings it to a much more specific piece like, oh, today, as opposed to I'm so used to kind of like, like old school Boston line, just like, 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 how are you? And that is too, it's too broad of a question as often. So Even Sam's very specific question of can we be friends? It really allows people to just talk in this one moment and not necessarily or try to touch on a really broad subject, which might just be too all-encompassing. And therefore, people are like, yo, I'm out. I need to talk
0: about this. Totally. Totally. That's my line. That's my takeaway. Get a line you feel comfortable with. Use it often and see how it works. What about you, Jimmy? My God, what did you take away from this? I can't wait to hear this.
1: My takeaway was more about shining a spotlight and acknowledgement. And that the only way you're going to be able to change something is after you acknowledge it. It, This is very clear. We've heard this previously from guests about how to recover or when you're trying to get over an addiction or something. But my takeaway is how Sam so clearly brings up his acknowledgement of fear of failure, and that once you start talking about it, you can actually remove it. He makes it clear that everybody has fear of failure. There's nothing wrong with having it. There is a whole spectrum of fear of failure, and you are not weird if you are close to paralyzed by it or are basically evil Knievel on the other end. It doesn't matter. You just need to talk about it, and by talking about it, you are light years ahead of most people, and you are going to be that much closer to whatever is on the other side of that fear. Just by saying, I'm a little nervous about something, just like almost before every intro or outro that we record, I'm like, oh, shoot. How how are we going to make this? Do you problem? get nervous? I get a little nervous. Yeah. Are you yeah. afraid of me? <laughs> You know, just like uh, like every every time I go teach, every time I get in front of the class, you know, sometime in the two hours where class starts, I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. How am I going to mess this up? And I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. You've done some. You, you already got some cookies in the cookie jar. Just reach in and grab one. It's going to be okay. You, you've built up some resilience. But just saying, okay, it's here. It's okay. Fear of failure exists, and we can allow ourselves to all be stronger by it or weaker by fear of failure. Sam obviously chooses strength.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. He was wearing Heelys riding around New York City, which definitely demonstrates an absolute lack of fear because the mom in me was like, oh God, he's going to fall. Do you remember Heelys? No. (laughs) They're the shoes with the little wheel on the back that you like-
1: Got you. I was like, I mean, people walk around in strappy wedges all the time in New York City. How is that dangerous?
0: (laughs) I was like, oh no, Sam, don't fall. Acknowledging the fear of failure or acknowledging fear and then getting past it, which I think really connects back to- our OGTRO, which is bringing our key takeaways from Sam back to our augmenters' eight principles. I feel like mm-hmm. Sam is uniquely qualified around the pitch which was really about how do you ask somebody to be part of your life or to get to know you? I mean, if there's anybody in, that we've ever interviewed, as straightforward as possible about asking somebody to join their crazy circus is definitely Sam.
1: And all our circuses are crazy, just to be clear. And yes, yeah, Sam lays it out. He touches on the augmenter's principle, the pitch, and he makes it so simple by channeling a bit of Jacqueline Baker, the unintentional mentor, just start. You know, be friendly without prejudice. Just show up and understand. Some people, for a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with you, may say that day, "No, I don't want to be friends." You might just need to catch them the next day, or one minute later, or one year later. It doesn't matter, but it has no reflection on you. Therefore, you just need to start. Just pitch it.
0: Just pitch it. And it got, I got—I just suddenly had a whole like montage in my head, thinking about our uh, spirit guide of pitch, which was QVC. QVC. And if you think of Sam Donner on a QVC show wow, I want to see that one day. I think I'm going to pitch that to him. I don't know what he'd be selling, but Healy's. Healy's. He'd do great. He'd do great.
1: And because in ways to get over some of that fear of failure around giving a bridge line is to do what's fun for you. If you do something that's fun for you, it's like for me, it's a lot easier to go up to random people if I'm at a basketball court in a random park and just being like, who's got next? I can say that to anybody in the world. No problem. But if I need to go up at a random networking event somebody at a table somewhere who's in a conversation, I'm going to be way more you know, reluctant to do that just because I'm going to have so much more fun and I'm just happier at the basketball
0: court. Well, you could also ask the people at the networking event to play basketball.
1: Yeah. Who's got next?
0: Blow this place. (laughs) I mean, it depends upon what kind of event. I think at the dietitian conference, you definitely get a lot of cross eyes, but it depends upon which event you're at. But yeah, I love that. I love that. I think just being comfortable, it's kind of bringing it all together. Have your bridge line, let go of a fear of failure and just start the conversation and and who knows where it'll go. And definitely watch Sam, 100 Friends, because it is actually really inspiring to watch somebody talk to that many strangers. I feel like it's like watching somebody do, you know, pull-ups. Then you're like, okay, I can do pull-ups. If you watch an hour of people doing pull-ups.
1: If you watch enough videos (laughs) of pull-ups and you'll do a pull-up, that's literally like Icarus. It's like, okay, I'm going to jump and I'll be able to fly. (laughs) It's going to be great.
0: Hey, do you are you daring me to watch an hour of people doing pull-ups and then do a pull-up?
1: This sounds like great content for Sam.
0: <laughs> I still, I don't think, I think watching people for an hour doing pull-ups, but you know what I'm trying to say.
1: Yes, I think it's great. And, and honestly, it's about curiosity compounded over time. You know, if Sam does this just five times, it's not as interesting, but a hundred, it really shows that sam cares about helping others see wonder in the world and that's a powerful line where if you just you know show up with a smile allow some of your light to shine on somebody else it's it's a beautiful thing
0: sam we are following closely and cannot wait to see where you go next and are excited about what you're bringing into the world so thanks for being part of our little journey
1: augmenters out
0: Wow, you've made it this far, and we thank you. Hopefully, you enjoyed our episode and discovered new ways to bring more authentic connection into your mentoring relationships. Want to tell them more, Jimmy?
1: Be an Augmenter with us. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about. Like and subscribe. And yes, really, you following our show and writing a review, it's a big deal. Your actions provide us with the resources to continue our undefeated, unencumbered, prize-winning productions. We welcome questions and suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or on social with our handle at Augmenters We are most active and available on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out and earnest thank you to our intrepid producer, Erlen Cato. We appreciate you. Augmenters out.
0: See ya. Oh, <music>